Hi, everyone. And just like that, it is almost mid-December 2020. Wow, what a year it has been. Hey, before we get to today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to Sam BTC5150 on Twitter, uh, who goes by JablesKG on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for leaving us a great review and uh, rating for us. Also, uh, thanks to Craigster1968, also leaving us a great review on Apple Podcasts. He added that he loved episode five with Elsa Ramon. the former TV personality here in Los Angeles and other markets as well. So if you missed episode five, go back and listen to it. We talk about, oh, everything. Uh, and also wanted to give a shout out to a new follower that we have on Twitter, Mr. Swingin' Cajun. Now, we have other new followers as well, but I'm calling you out because you're from Louisiana. My husband is also from Louisiana. So Mr. Swingin' Cajun, welcome to consenting adults. Okay, today's guest was a monogamous person, aka in the lifestyle, vanilla. Until one day, his wife came out to him as being bisexual. And as they say, one thing led to another. My wife would go off and have a date with her girlfriend. And, you know, eventually the girlfriend and I got to talking and we kind of went out on a couple dates also. And it was never like we all were in a big puppy pile together, you know, having sex. It was mostly just like, you know, hey, I'm going to go out and do this thing, or we would all go out and do a thing together, you know, and it was, it was always just sort of an ongoing conversation. Get ready. This is Consenting Adults. The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, well grow up. So dirty talk, so sex talk. Yeah, it it started off as dirty talk. I was actually like very excited to see my partner with somebody else. She looked at me and said, so you want to have sex with other people, that's what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) And you find it a turn on to hear about what he did. Yeah, and then it's like, I want to come home and get it the way she got it. Does he know you have a boyfriend? Well, yes. This is Consenting Adults with Lena Wynn. My guest today is a 53-year-old motion graphics designer and animator. Uh, Sam is divorced, has two adult children. Now, you know, after I've done a number of these interviews, I'm more familiar with the lifestyle. I'm more familiar with the terminology. But when Sam told me he was a tiki file? <laughs> yes. I, I, had to, I had to look it up. And ladies and gentlemen, when you look something up and the only definition you can find is under the Urban Dictionary, you know it's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> can you tell our listeners what that is? Uh, uh, basically, it, it just means that I am a lover of a lot of things that, in, that, are, that are considered tiki. Now, tiki is a sort of a broad category. Um, it's, it's essentially, it's a sort of an appropriation of Polynesian culture, um, started in the fifties because all the people coming back from world war II were stationed on beautiful islands and then came back to whatever, you know, middle Midwest city they were in and were very sad because they didn't have that, that tropical influence that they had gotten to love. So they brought some of it to them and, and a lot of them built, built tiki bars and tiki themed motels and all sorts of things. So yeah, it's, it's. It's just a, a an enjoyment of that sort of culture and lifestyle, essentially. When I saw on uh, Urban Dictionary, because, you know, now whenever I hear the word lifestyle, I have to actually think, what do they mean lifestyle? Do they mean <laughs> lifestyle or do they mean lifestyle? So does it have anything to do with the lifestyle as we know it for this program? 
Not really, no. I mean, I there, I know that there's. I mean, if you were to draw a Venn diagram, I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of crossover there, but I couldn't exactly tell you what that number would be. So, it's okay. you know, I mean, for the most part, it's just a a very relaxed. You know, enjoys a lot of tropical cocktails and and very loud shirts. And you know, I, I have a, <laughs> I have a collection of wonderful tiki mugs and things that I can drink out of. And and you know, so so yes, it's it's basically that's that is the that's I mean that's at least my definition. I'm sure everybody you know there people who have their own. Sure. Okay. So then uh, sex really doesn't have anything to do with it. However, does your love for all things tiki make its way into your love life, your sex life? I've definitely met other people who were into both of these things, but I don't know if I would say there's necessarily, you know, I wouldn't say that it, it, it's, it's, it's certainly not a sexual fetish. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, speaking of sexual fetish, do you have any? Um, no, not really. I enjoy it and definitely enjoy it with, you know, with people, but, uh, that I don't, I wouldn't say there's anything particularly weird. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> other than, other than the obvious, what we're talking about today, which is, is somewhat outside of the mainstream. Let's talk about this thing that is outside of mainstream. Although mm-hmm. I'm finding out that, you know, maybe it's not so outside of mainstream, except for the fact that not a lot of people are that open about it publicly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what kind of a lifestyle do you lead as it pertains to your relationships and your love life? Well, I mean, currently we're obviously in the middle of a global pandemic, so that makes dating multiple people a little more difficult, <laughs> obviously. I mean, I, I'm currently I'm currently living with a girlfriend. Uh, we are for all intent and purposes, monogamous because you kind of have to be right now. But, right. but, uh, but you know, that's not that's not that's not necessarily what we're going to be long term. I mean, hopefully, this will not last forever. So, you know, when things were nice and normal, mm-hmm. I hate that word these days. <laughs> as as a poet when, friend of mine once said, "Normal's just a setting on the dryer." Right. So when things were normal, mm-hmm. what kind of arrangement? do you and your girlfriend have? We actually only started dating right before everything went entirely pear-shaped in the world. So so that's wow. it's a little harder for us to to really get a good barometer on that. I mean, you know, it's 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 something we've talked a lot about, but we haven't, you know, be, because of the obvious, you know, corona concerns, there's not really any any plan in around that, you know. This is a, a relatively new relationship. Then. Yes, yeah, this is this is a fairly new relationship, exactly. Okay, so before the current girlfriend mm-hmm. What relationship were you in? The last relationship that I was in was a, I'm going to say it was a fairly monogamous relationship, but the, but the, I'll caveat that by saying that we had always talked about having a more open relationship, but she came at it from more of a swingers perspective and I came at it from more of a polyamorous perspective. And so those two perspectives never lined up and there just was no way to sort of square that circle in terms of making that work for the two of us. Okay. So the difference being, you know, she was all for like sex with other couples or sex with other people but it was just sex right exactly exactly she wouldn't have she would not have been okay with there being a relationship there but she was okay with there being sex there and i was more interested in there being a relationship there a larger relationship there and how long uh, how long were you guys together we were together for about five years four years i think it was about four years basically was there a lot of conflict because you had such a difference of opinion on poly versus just non-monogamy 
Not really. I mean, it was it was always one of those things that we talked about, but it was not. There was never really any argument about it. It was always it was always just, just that the 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 viewpoints didn't line up, and so there really wasn't any way to sort of make that you know work for the two of us essentially. And then before that relationship, mm-hmm. were you in another poly relationship? Well, I, I was in a poly marriage for oh. about. About five years, and that was the that was the that, that's the the woman who I, as you mentioned earlier, am, am divorced from. Mm-hmm. Um, she is also the mother of our two children. Um, I am not biologically their father. I married into both of them, but they are both amazing young ladies who I absolutely adore and am so incredibly proud to see what lovely women they're becoming in the world. Now, were you Polly before the marriage? No, actually, that's the the funny thing about that was I really wasn't. Um, I didn't even really know what polyamory was. I was married to my wife for several years, and basically, at one point in our relationship, she came out to me as polyamorous and sort of said, "This is the this is the relationship. This is the lifestyle that I need. Are you okay with that?" And I really had to do a little bit of soul searching because I had always been monogamous before that. So I had to kind of go, okay, I, I'm not sure if I'm 100% on board for it or not, but our relationship was was having its own trials and tribulations. And I kind of went, okay, you know what, if if this could potentially help that, I'm interested in trying it. I mean, again, I, I don't know if that's going to be necessarily for me, but I'm certainly willing to try it if that means that the relationship might get might be better, you know. How did you step into this lifestyle? Well, um, she actually, when she came out to me, she told me that she had a, a friend of hers who she was interested in dating. And we met with her. She was in a couple also. They, they were also already poly. They had already had several other relationships. Um, and so essentially, my, my wife and I started dating uh, another couple. She was dating the woman in the couple and the man in the couple, and I was dating the woman in the couple. So it was we became sort of a what would I call a polycule? We became a little, a little closed, well, not not really closed, try uh, uh, quad basically, and it was, <laughs> and it was. I didn't it, know there was going to be math, Sam. Uh, there, there are diagrams, man. You have to, you have to keep track of this stuff. Both of our children were young at the time, so we kind of not really moved in together, but we would spend weekends hanging out at their house, and you know, everybody was was kind of, you know, everybody knew what was going on, but we didn't do anything in front of the children, obviously. But it was, you know, it was like basically we came, we became sort of a larger blended family for a time. When she started dating the woman in the couple, that was really the first sort of foray into okay, now I kind of understand how this is working, basically. Do you think that that helped you? Because as we know, so many men have this fantasy about their woman being with another woman. Do you think that helped you kind of ease your way into this lifestyle? Yes and no. I mean, I, I, it certainly to me wasn't like the fantasy that you kind of, that you allude to. It was basically like, I mean, like like I said, we, we kind of became more like a big family and we would, you know, it's like we would hang out on the weekends together and we'd spend time at their house or they'd spend time at our house. And, you know, it was more like a, it was more like a tribe or a village in, in its own way. And yeah, there was definitely sex involved, but but it was not, I don't know, that, that wasn't really the main draw, I think, certainly to my wife, but I, I think also to me, it wasn't like, it was like, oh yeah, this is going to be so sexy. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, this is kind of cool. We have this larger relationship, this larger structure, this larger support network, these other people that are important and we care about in our lives. It progressed to that because I can't imagine it started that way, right? Yes. So it progressed yeah. just like any other relationship, mm-hmm. yeah. right? 
how do you make that jump? I mean, how do you get into a relationship with another couple? It was more like um, my wife would go off and have a date with her girlfriend. And, you know, eventually the girlfriend and I got to talking and we kind of went out on a couple dates also. And it was never like we all were in a big puppy pile together, you know, having sex. It was mostly just like, you know, hey, I'm going to go out and do this thing. Or we would all go out and do a thing together, you know, and it was it was always just sort of an ongoing conversation, you know, and there's always this specter of like, of jealousy, you know, of, of like, well, if, if my wife is with this other guy, you know, this is sort of poly theory 101. You might've heard this before. I'm just going to go ahead and spout this anyway, but it's that, that thing about like, if you had a slice of pie in the fridge and you came home and your roommate had eaten that slice of pie, of course you'd be angry because you really wanted that slice of pie. But if you had a whole pie and you came home and your roommate had eaten a piece of it, you still have pie, you know? So it wasn't like, and, and I, to me, it was always, you know, as long as everyone in that circle's needs were getting met and everyone was communicating openly, there really wasn't any jealousy there. It was more like, I'm sure you've heard this term, compersion, where you are able to find joy in the joy that your partner is getting or pleasure in the play in the pleasure that your partner is giving, as the case may be. Right. But very often, the people that I've talked to said they're turned on by actually watching. So there's voyeurism in that. So it's, you know, being in the same room. But it sounds like what you're talking about is going off on separate dates, meaning, mm -hmm. so it's a, actually a very different from, from anyone I've talked to so far. Well, I mean, and I've, I've also, I mean, after my wife and I split up, there were other relationships where that was the case, but that wasn't really, that wasn't really part of that relationship, to be entirely honest. It was, I mean, the affection that we showed between each other publicly or in front of each other was the same sort you would show publicly with a boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, a kiss on the cheek, a kiss on the lips, you know, hugging somebody, you know, holding them close. It was never like a group thing where we would all, uh, where, you know, one of us would be watching while the other two had sex. It was more, it was more like a, it was more like a family, you know, and, and the love was clearly there and was clearly present, but it wasn't, I mean, especially because we had kids, you know, there wasn't, we weren't having sex in the middle of the living room with the children watching this. That's right. not appropriate. That wouldn't be inappropriate in a heterosexual couple or in, an upper, in, a, in a, you know, in a quote unquote normal, you know, relationship. Right. Talk to me about jealousy. Uh, surely you must have experienced it at some point. Um, in that particular relationship, not really. I mean, again, we, we, we blended really well and that, that grouping lasted for about, two years? I'm trying to remember now, but it was, it was eventually my wife and the woman in the couple got into a fight and broke up. And then she and the guy in the couple got into a fight and broke up. And then it was just the woman in the couple and I in that were still together. And it was that thing where it's, it's like something is spinning and, and the more points of connection there are, the easier it is to hold together. Mm -hmm. You know, it became more difficult as, as we, as those other relationships fell away especially because there was some animosity, there was still some, some hurt feelings and some, you know, some difficulty there. So it became more difficult to hold that, you know, those two relationships at the same time. And eventually that relationship also broke up, but it wasn't, it wasn't ever really about jealousy. You said that you and your wife kind of, you know, had trials and tribulations, and then mm -hmm. you thought that something like this might help it. Did it? In its own way, for a time, I would say yes. I mean, if I'm, if I'm being entirely honest, what we ended up doing was sort of outsourcing the intimacy that we should have had in our primary relationship. Mm -hmm. 
like I said, there wasn't, there wasn't like a jealousy, but it was like, okay, this is what I want with this relationship and I'm not getting it. I mean, I'm getting my needs met elsewhere in terms of the intimacy and the, the basic needs, but it was because it wasn't in the primary relationship, that primary relationship was having its own problems and that wasn't, that wasn't fixed by it. Let's put it that way. So then if I asked you, being in this poly relationship situation, mm-hmm. did it help or hurt your marriage? Would you be able to answer that? I mean, my, my honest answer is I don't think it really did either. I mean, I think it helped for a short term, but I think that the, the structural problems in that relationship were not going to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, that became more obvious, basically. Right. How old were you at this point? Oh, gosh. Um, I was probably in my 30s, I think. Wow, that's pretty young to be in something like this, don't you think? Um, having met poly people from every walk of life, I, I would say that that's not necessarily true. Ah. I mean, yeah, I feel like there are some, I mean, maybe, maybe it does skew older demographically. You might have a better, broader view, but based on the people that I know, it's, you know, it's, it's, we, there was, there was a group of us that were all sort of hanging out together. We became sort of like a, like a, a poly community at the time. And it was a lot of people who were in their twenties, their thirties, some of them were in their forties. It was, you know, it wasn't an older crowd from what I recall. I mean, they've all, they've all become an older crowd as we right. all have. You know? <laughs> okay. So, uh, then your, your marriage ended, uh, mm-hmm. and you moved on and continued in the poly lifestyle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sporadically I've had, I've had both monogamous and, and polyamorous relationships after that. Um, and it was mostly just dependent on the people that I was in the relationships with. Um, you, you were talking about jealousy, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll relate one story that I can can tell you because I was I was dating a woman who already had a primary relationship and a secondary relationship. So I was, for want of a better description, sort of a tertiary relationship was the best right. way I can describe it. And I always told her, I said, look. I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with, you know, whatever time I can get of yours, because obviously you're going to be busy, as long as you never make me feel like I'm less important than anyone else in this relationship. Um, and that worked out, worked out great for a few months, uh, probably almost a year. I don't remember exactly. But then she went back to graduate school and it became very obvious that I just, you know, months would go by and I would never see her. And that became really difficult to the point where I finally, you know, called it off and said, look, this was literally what I was talking about. I feel like I'm not in any way important in your life and I don't want to be that. So, you know, I will, I will step away. And that was what I did. Uh-huh. The deciding factor on whether you were in a poly relationship was whether the other person would be open to that, right? Sometimes. I mean, uh, there were in the intervening years after my divorce, there were several women who I got to know very well and the subject would come up. You'd have you'd have to have that talk with them about, you know, the fact that you, you know, had been in polyamorous relationship. This was sort of what you were, you know, I mean, again, it, I would never necessarily identify myself as poly, but it was definitely something that I had been in relationships like that before. And, you know, more than one time I've had women, women who said to me, you know, I am not interested in being in that kind of relationship. One of them used to say, she's like, I don't want to be the one waiting at home. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't hold it against them because I understood that well enough, you know. Because there are some people who that's who they are and they don't think that they can be with a person who wouldn't allow it. You're not like that. Not really, no. I'm 
sort of situationally polyamorous. You know, I, again, I'm I'm open to it, but it's not a for me. It's never been a need. Mm-hmm. You know, I would rather have a good relationship than more relationships. I think is the best way to put right. it. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you ever been in anything that was not traditional but not poly? Have you ever been a swinger? Have you ever had an open relationship? Not really. I mean. Like I said, that was that was with the with my last girlfriend. That was one of the things that was the the because she was more interested in the swinger lifestyle, and and in terms of open relationships, I mean, aren't, aren't polyamorous relationships in there? I mean, unless you're unless you're in a closed unit, you know, then it's it's you know, I've I've been in I've been in open relationships, but they've been in relationships basically. Does that make sense? Yeah. When I say open relationship, I would say, for instance, let's say you and your wife. Mm-hmm. are in an open relationship. So you can date someone else and she can date someone else. Mm-hmm. But the two people you're dating don't even necessarily have to know each other. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, there there was some of that. Even after the initial relationship, the initial, my first poly relationship broke up, we still continued to date other people. You know, she had people that she had been dating previously and she continued dating them. And I had people that I've been, you know, interested in and we start, we started dating or continued dating. So there were so there were definitely other other relationships after that even even while we were still married and and you know I mean again I've also been in relationships after my divorce and our separation that were you know I'm 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 dating this person and I'm also dating this person and both of them know about it but you know they don't necessarily know each other you know right so you're practicing ethical non-monogamy I do try I do absolutely try <laughs> uh, talk to me about love after 40. Now, I mean, you're 53 now. Mm-hmm. When we were both much, much younger. I, I have no idea how old you are. <laughs> you sound uh, younger. I, I, I'm 50. Okay. You know, when we were younger, we would look at people who were 40 and think, I mean, think that they were old, right? You don't <laughs> think of them as sexual beings. Having gotten here now, do you think that your sex life or your love life is any better or worse now that you're more mature? I would say significantly better, to be entirely honest. Yeah? In what way? I'm still a very sexual being, and I have I've managed to find, you know, a person who is equally as as sexual as myself. So I feel like as you get older, you start sort of start, start to get to know yourself a lot better and you have a little better understanding of what you like and what you need and what works for you. And you know, so it's it's I guess that's the best way I can describe it is when I was in my twenties, I had no clue who I really was. And as I've gotten older, I've I've figured myself out a lot more. You know, people say that all the time. Um, and I wonder, does it have to do with not settling, meaning knowing what you need and knowing what you want and really going for it? I would say it's one of those things where I think in your 20s, in your 30s, it's easy to just sort of date what's available and what's in front of you. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've made some, I made some poor dating choices in in my life. And, you know, I mean, I, I would like to think that I have learned a lot from those experiences and I'm not making those same mistakes. I I used to say, and I I said this once, once to my own detriment, but I said, I said, I wanted to make new and more interesting mistakes. (laughs) And that, that year I certainly did, you know, they were new and they were more interesting. They weren't good, but they were new and more interesting. What kind of age range do you like to date in? Um, I, my, my, my ex-roommate one time I, I was on, uh, some dating site and I want to, I want to say it was like a, a, a Tinder or one of those. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I found myself looking at people and I went, I don't understand why I'm getting so many of these really, really old people. And she went, you know, you can set the age range in that. And I went, oh, oh, okay, yes, you can. But I hadn't realized that you could actually set what you were looking for. Right. Because I have daughters, I mean, I, I also, I don't want to date anybody who's their age. That's just not not okay. That doesn't work, you know. I want someone who knows themselves fairly well. So, I mean, I, I have a tendency to date people who are at least around my age. I, again, I've, I'm not saying I haven't made some poor choices there. There I definitely have, but, you know. What, what's the bottom range? Uh, because, you know, when you're on those dating websites, you're right. You can put in a range Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's what's your minimum? Well, again, I'm I'm 53, so I don't think I want to date anybody less than at least you know 35 to 40, somewhere in there, really. Well, that sounds very responsible of you, Sam. Very responsible. <laughs> like I said, I do try. I've I've definitely dated people who were wildly inappropriately young for me, and you know, <laughs> I mean it, it was it was fun. I I I, I had a, a guy friend of mine ask me one time what that was like, and I said it's a little like buying a tiger to ride to the office. You're not going to get there on time. You'll show up scratched up, but you're like, wow, that was a hell of a ride. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about women your own age? It, it really, it really depends on the woman. Cause honestly, every woman is different, just like every person is different. And I am also a big believer that people really age from the inside out because I've met people who are my age or older who look younger, feel younger, act younger than me, and I've met people who are considerably younger than me who feel older and act older and just they they've they're older on the inside. You know, they were already old, you know. I know that I'm chronologically 53. I also don't feel like it. I feel like I'm still alive in ways that there are people out there that just aren't. And that's that to me is more important than a number because I would rather have somebody who's really alive and really, you know, like, like living their life to the fullest, you know, it's, what is it? What was it uh, that, uh, that, uh, oh, to suck the marrow out of life. You know, it's like, like that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I look for more than a number really, you know? Mm-hmm. So then when you are looking at a woman, mm-hmm. because as men age, and it's the same thing with women, as we age, uh, what we deem important or what we deem attractive changes Name off some of the qualities that you think are really attractive in a woman. Well, I like to say they have to be crazy in all the fun ways. You know, <laughs> you want someone you want someone who's willing to, I mean, I, I've gone to Burning Man and, and, you know, it's like, or several other, you know, festivals and events and things. So you want somebody who's willing to go on those adventures with you. You want someone who's willing to, you know, dress up like a dragon and go out and run around the woods. And, you know, <laughs> I also spin fire and I still walk and I, I fire breathe, you know, it's like you want somebody who's going to be as much fun as you are, you know, or as much fun as you'd like to be, you know? Right. And, so someone also, adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. And also, and also, you know, someone to sort of push you and, and try and make you, you know, be the better person that they know you can be kind of thing. And for someone, you know, some, you know, someone who you can do the same for, you know, Mm-hmm. Talking sexually, is there anything that you draw the line at? Like you're not going to, you know, because you, you sound like a very open-minded person, but at the same time you say that you're also very, you know, normal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 
I, I would, I would, I mean, normal again, just the setting on the dryer. I, I, you right? know, I mean, there are definitely lines that I have. I mean, you know, I've had this conversation with many women in my life. I'm like, no, no shit, no piss, no, you know, no, no blood, no, you know, no, no children, no animals. I mean, again, these are hard lines as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, and consent is a huge thing for me. I'm fine with most things as long as there's informed, sober consent around them, as long as everyone is agreeing that everybody's okay and everybody's had the conversation. And, you know, it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm straight, but not narrow. You know, <laughs> Is there anything that you're into that you think, um, you know, again, we're using that awful word normal that, you know, <laughs> a regular traditional person might think is kinky? Um, I mean, a little light BDSM here and there, but for the most part, I mean, I, again, I, I like to, I like to have somebody to cuddle up with and, and have the sex with, you know, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that there's anything particularly earth shattering. I don't, you know, you know, I mean, I own a dinosaur costume, but it's not for sex. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> okay. you know? Are you a trisexual? Meaning? I'll try anything once. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very heterosexual. I, I've never, I always tell people like, if I wanted to play with a penis, I've got one. It's right there. My arms are exa- <laughs> the exact right length. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need another one. I'm good, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but that doesn't mean I haven't, you know, haven't, haven't experimented with things. I mean, again, I, I, like I said, I feel like I've gotten to the age where I know what I like, you know. <laughs> Moving forward. Sure. Do you think you can ever go back to just having the traditional monogamous relationship for the rest of your days? I've never been opposed to it. For many years of my life, that was really my default setting, you know? And so it's it's not something I'm opposed to. It's just, it has to be with the right person. Do you think humans were made to be monogamous? You know, I've read a lot of research. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure you're, you're doing the interview, so you've probably read things like Sex at Dawn or things like that, where they talk about the beginnings of our species and how we were more egalitarian and there was more of a tribe mentality and it wasn't until people started like cordoning off land and going this land here is mine that that people had that concept of i want this person to be mine and the progeny that comes from this person to be mine so that i can ensure my lineage going forward you know i I don't i don't know if we were necessarily designed for that at 53 years old Mm -hmm. Knowing what you know now, if you were talking to uh, a young man who's struggling with understanding women, is there anything that you would tell him? Any advice that you would give him? Oh gosh, well, do you feel like you understand women yet? I, I wouldn't say I understand them. I definitely have a lot of experience with them. I like to say that I've made almost all the mistakes I'm going to make in my life at this point. <laughs> you know, I've learned from most of them. Um, I mean, if I had any advice to give to people, to, to, you know, like a young man trying to figure out women in the world, um, first and foremost, listen more, not just to what they say, but what they do and what they, you know, what, what you perceive about them. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got, and I, this one stuck with me for years, was especially when you, when you have a woman in your life and she's complaining about something or has some sort of a problem going on in her world. Ask that woman at that time, do you want me to fix it or do you want me to listen? Because I can do either, but I want to know up front which one you want. Because most of the time, they just want you to listen. And men, it's almost a genetic imperative for us. You know, when we see a problem, we want to try and find a way to fix it. We want to find a way to, 
you know, we, we, we see a nail that's out of, you know, that's sticking out of a board and our, our nature is just to grab a brick and pound it back in. You know, it's like, you know, you, you want to fix the world when you can, when you see something that you go, okay, that clearly looks wrong. Maybe I can help, but not all the time can you help. And sometimes they just need to be heard. And that ladies and gentlemen is a man who speaks from experience. Sam, thanks so much for sharing your story with us. All right, next time on Consenting Adults, if you haven't heard episode eight yet, you should go back and listen to it because they describe their first swinging experience during COVID with this incredible couple. Well, we're going to talk to that incredible couple. They were ready to jump in from the get-go. I mean, like once we walked in, like they were just like, okay, you're here, you're real, like this is really happening. That's next time on Consenting Adults.